0: Welcome back to The Attention Podcast, where you'll learn how to gain and retain the attention of your buyers to build an audience. Today, I talked to Justin Rowe, who's the founder of Impactable, about how he grew an audience in order to grow his paid media agency. So in this episode, you'll learn about Justin's number one tactic that he used to grow his audience and generate a lot of leads for his agency. Plus, you'll learn about what he needs to do next in order to unlock the next level of growth. Make sure to stay till the end where I give my hot takes on what was said in the interview. See you there. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Man, I think it's been a long time. I mean, you've been on LinkedIn for a while. I've been on LinkedIn for about three years and we've bumped into each other, man, probably dozens of times now. And I'm like, it's finally time to have like an actual face-to-face time with Justin and learn how you've built your audience. So in preparing for this interview, I was looking around and i like, you've got a good size audience and I'm sure it's making a massive difference for your business. But to give the, our audience some context, tell me a little bit more about uh, how, like, how big is your audience? What kind of people are you talking to? And what led to you even wanting to start building an audience at all?
1: Um, our audience right now on LinkedIn is about sixty five, sixty six thousand, uh, 66,000, which is pretty crazy to me. Um, we also have 2,000 YouTube subscribers, which is not as easy uh, to get. Hard. Um, that,
0: First thousand is hard.
1: <laughs> that number sounds less impressive than 65,000, but uh, for, any, yeah, for anyone who knows what it's like to go from zero to 1,000, uh, I'm proud of our 2,000 YouTube subscribers as well. Also have a couple thousand uh, newsletter subscribers. And we get decent website traffic, probably like 10,000 monthly visitors. I I don't consider that part of the community, but our blog traffic actually is pretty decent. Like those articles are pretty legit, just like my LinkedIn posts. So that traffic is probably stronger than most. So that's a decent audience there. The majority of it is on LinkedIn. We run a LinkedIn centric agency. Um, But the biggest thing that made me want to create an audience was probably five years, five, six, seven years ago, whenever I first got into LinkedIn, I was a job seeker And I started growing my network just to find opportunities for like jobs. And I realized that growing an an audience and a network was really powerful back then. So back then I was just using it to open up opportunities as like a a worker. But now obviously as a business owner and a growing agency, I see it unlocking partnerships, revenue, trust, uh, you know, a lot of things.
0: Man. So you started pre-business growing an (laughs) audience. I
1: discovered. Yeah. Go ahead. I just I discovered the power of LinkedIn and yeah the power of networking. Uh, back then I thought of it more as networking than audience yeah. building, but I was growing my network in a targeted way that eventually yeah it did become a, a nice audience.
0: Yeah, a network a network is like a pre audience, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> there are people.
0: I almost find that like the best audience growth is just building relationships. I don't even like calling it networking cuz it just kind of has this like sleazy feel to it. I just call yeah. it like making friends. Like I'm making yeah. friends, I'm helping them, they're helping me, like we're we're just friends, right? And that's where audience starts from. That's where you build your your crew, your loyal crew that shows up, comments on your post, gives it distribution, you know, like that's how that's how it starts at
1: first. That's yeah. the best way to go.
0: So you did that, you did you find a job doing doing that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. So I was I was a market training manager with Yum Brands at the time and I was just kind of looking for something else, but yeah, I I grew a targeted network or audience or whatever. I packed it with intentionally with District managers, company owners, HR managers, recruiters, um, all over, you know, in my city, in my space. And yeah, it worked like a charm. I was getting recruiters um, reaching out to me with job openings. I had lots of, I had a dozen interviews. I had offers, you know, to make more money in the same kind of job um, or like a kind of a lateral uh, move. And so those opportunities started to come. And that's why, that's kind of how I discovered the power of building an audience. And then my first side hustle. After I, after I used that to actually... So that's how I found a, a, a restaurant investor. So I went from looking for a restaurant job to actually discovering a handful of investors through my audience growth. And one of those I actually partnered with and became a part uh, owner of a small sandwich shop franchise, Potbelly Sandwich Shops. And then I came back and turned that into a side hustle and I helped other people kind of do some LinkedIn lead generation was my first little side hustle slash startup.
0: Okay. And then from there, did it become the business you have today? Did it like evolve into LinkedIn ads agency?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I the restaurants grew from one to four. Um, but I had nights and weekends because it was a pretty cushy job. It didn't pay that much. The the whole the whole idea was that eventually I would make, you know, uh we'd pay down the loans and I'd be getting money from that. But it was it was a low salary, but I had extra time. And then yeah, the the side hustle turned into my main hustle. COVID hit. And I pivoted out of the restaurant, uh, took myself off the payroll, but kept the ownership, Um, dove into my startup. We scaled it to about 210 active LinkedIn lead generation clients. And then it was acquired a couple of years ago. A data heavy investor actually bought out uh, 80% of the company. And then I stayed on to run and scale it. And that's when we pivoted into a LinkedIn ads agency, which is what everyone knows us for now. But that's been a couple of years after a couple of years to pivot into this and audience growth uh, was a big part of that because we took our, our foothold in the LinkedIn world um, and pivoted into you know LinkedIn ads, which I don't think we would have been able to do very smoothly if we hadn't created kind of that audience and buzz and trust and credibility around that LinkedIn vertical that we then harness that and probably made a smoother pivot than, than we would have been able to make. How big was
0: your audience before you pivoted?
1: Uh, a couple of years ago, it was about 30,000, so it's probably doubled now. But yeah, I had about 30,000 yeah. followers back then. Yeah. I remember three years ago, I was like, LinkedIn ads,
0: uh, overpriced. Yeah. And yeah. then I think everybody woke up that year to like, actually underpriced <laughs> because you can get so narrow in your targeting and only target yeah. the right people. <laughs> like, wait a yeah. second. Uh, and, the- and then it became all the rage.
1: The demand gen movement, I think only helped us because yeah, then it became, okay, expensive compared to what? Like if you're just saying your goal is to get cheap leads, then yeah, LinkedIn will never be. But if your goal now is quality leads that close higher or bigger deal sizes, then LinkedIn started looking more attractive and it's like, I would definitely pay more for a better lead. It's not about getting cheap leads. That was never the goal. So yeah, I think LinkedIn's coming around uh, in that perspective as well as demand gen movement picks up speed. I think that's good news for LinkedIn ads too.
0: So you're living the dream, man. I, I'm i like usually shouting from the rooftops, like build an audience. <laughs> like I love paid media. I, I like built my career off the back of paid media and getting leads because you can market to people that are in market now and get them to find your thing and sell them. Like it's fast, yeah. it's convenient. You can build a whole system, and engine around it for pretty good growth. But I've personally run into points in my own career and marketing certain uh, uh, jobs or a, uh, companies that I've worked for and have hit plateaus yeah. because there's only so many people on a market at one time. And that's when I discovered audience growth because I'm like, well, <laughs> if you can grow an audience, you can start building affinity with people before they get in market because they're probably going to come in market sometime or you yeah. convince them to come in market. Other- otherwise, they wouldn't have been in market before, but because they've been listening to you, now they are. Right. right? <laughs> so you're doing the dream. You have the LinkedIn like ads power, but you also yeah. have the knowledge- And uh, to build an audience, how has it been working? Knowing you have both now, is that how you've been? Like, how has that played into impacting your your agency's revenue?
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're both really powerful levers, and I think usually most people lean one way or the other. They either lean really hard into organic, um, and I mean there's so many benefits to that. Like it is, yes, it's time, um, and it's you know consistency, but it the beauty of it is it builds momentum. So my favorite thing about organic is that it is a changing equation. X amount of input month one gets X, you know, Y amount of output in, you know, whatever. But every month that equation is like that. Plus you get some momentum from what's previously built. So a year from now you're, you know, that equation is dramatically different. You're getting uh, huge b- benefits and momentum uh, beyond just that same equation. The, the, the bad thing about the good thing about paid ads is that it's quick it doesn't need a year of momentum. It's not like SEO. If you got the money, you can get page one, you can get in front of, you can let whoever in the world you want to know you exist. You can let them know you exist like that. The problem is, yeah, it's not scalable. If if you're talking Google search, there's only so much volume out there. There's only so much demand. There's only so much people in market. Um, so it does have a plateau. Almost all channels have a scale. But then yeah, what I realized is they're different levers um, and most people choose one or the other. Um, I started with organic because I had all this time and energy. I didn't have a budget for ads. And then as I got budget for ads, I didn't, you know, I did actually lean away from organic at one point. I took a whole year off and I regretted that. Um, I, I leaned out of organic and into ads and we scaled pretty nicely for that. But then when I wanted to pull my organic lever, because my paid ads were plateauing, I didn't have that traction anymore because I had taken almost a year off of LinkedIn. So about probably, yeah, maybe the beginning of last year is when I really came back with a vengeance. And it's been like every day since then, video pushing the YouTube channel around that time. Um, but that's And that's what I've discovered is that they're both separate levers and you never know when you're gonna need them. And one thing is like diversifying my portfolio of an, of like marketing investment because I've had my LinkedIn account Like restricted for a week. I've had my LinkedIn ads account taken. Um, LinkedIn sent my original startup uh, a cease and desist letter because we were called link and learn, (laughs) link and learn and selling LinkedIn related products. And they shut down, sent a cease and desist, seized my account. I never got it back, lost all of that data. Uh, So yeah, I'm all about diversifying my portfolio of marketing now. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. It's ugly.
0: never thought about how your ads account could get shut down so fast. Yeah. Uh, but anytime you have a rented channel, it's just, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, All good things, but I don't know. I've become a big proponent of email more and more, even though I was like, I mean, I'm, I love podcasts Hence, we're on a podcast doing this now, but newsletters have become a big thing for me just because for so many reasons, but one of them, it's yeah. just like, okay, MailChimp can shut me down, but I could still download my email list and take it somewhere yeah. else and just start sending again. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, yeah. uh, I could, I could take it. Um, I can keep my domain reputation and bring it with me to different vendors. I'm not isolated. Just one tool. Yeah.
1: And that's Unlike another LinkedIn. lever, the, the newsletter <laughs> yeah. subscription. I mean, you start somewhere and that builds momentum. And then, you know, those are people that, that trust you. Um, and, you know, they might not read every single thing, but I've seen great success from our newsletter, especially if we're rolling out a new product or we have like something I use that, I use that lever to like get an announcement out to people and, and it, it works. Sure. Uh, yeah.
0: How it, big is your newsletter? It's, like how many, it's, how many subs you got? It's,
1: it's in between two and 3000, nothing big. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we haven't, we, the only, the only place we push it is on our, on our website. And then we have a retargeting lead gen form that funnels people into there, but we haven't pushed it as mm. much. I wish we had some massive list, but it's a couple yeah. thousand. You should start
0: pulling your, your LinkedIn following over to it. That's what I'd. Be, I mean, that's what I'm starting to do more and more heavily, just because you you don't know how long LinkedIn will work like it is right now. Right now, you get good organic reach, but it could go the way of the Facebook page in like three yeah. years from now. It it you're lucky if you reach point five percent of your list on yeah. a good post. You know, that's true. <laughs> kind of sucks. Speaking of like, how much reach are you getting with your your average post on LinkedIn? You got 65k followers, but what's your average post
1: reach? I would say my average post is like. 10 or 20,000. Um, and then probably like, you know, once a week, I, I might have a post that's doing 60, 70, 80. And I, I usually have like, I mean, anyone who's been posting for like years and has something like, well, now LinkedIn, you can look back at your old posts or you have Shield. Like I know what my top like 10, 15 posts are. And I have like a handful of guaranteed, like if I post this on a Tuesday morning, like it'll probably get like 70 or 80 or 100,000. And I'll usually like, I have five or of those that I'll repurpose almost on a monthly basis. Um, and yeah, they'll usually do like over a hundred, but most of mine are maybe 10, 20, 30,000. Still a lot.
0: That's a lot of attention, Yeah. especially nice. since you're posting multiple times a week. It, it adds up. Yeah. Um, what kind of content are you creating and who's usually reading it?
1: Um, so my audience is mostly comprised of. Uh, B2B startup founders, a lot of marketers. Um, I, my content is mostly on startup, um, my experience of growing a startup and then also marketing. Um, And I don't limit my advice to just like LinkedIn. I really kind of consider myself like a more of a full spectrum marketer or full stack marketer, whatever you want to call it. So yes, I run a LinkedIn ads agency, but I've always done like, I've always been the one man marketing band in our company and I've run most of the channels. It's only been in the last maybe three months where I actually handed off our own channels internally to a Google ad specialist, to LinkedIn on our team, to, you know, outreach. Um, But yeah, uh, that's kind of ours.
0: What methods have worked best for acquiring new audience for you? You've been working at this for a long time. You've gotten past the infamous 30,000 connections, so I know you didn't connect your way to 65k. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been growing your audience? Is it slow and steady, post at a time, or what else have you done?
1: Um I tried I tried stuff early on. I would post uh like early on I experimented with so many different things, like just trying to be more entertaining, trying to be whatever, and you know, I had I I was actually more viral and had more reach uh 3 years ago than I do now, yeah. but when I yeah. came back one of the things I realized was like after my most viral post, which was like a cat being pulled out of a drawer um, and talking about the stress of work and and no leads coming for that, of course. I kind of, you know, adjusted my strategy and I said, you know what, I'm going to like just go really deep on like one thing, on LinkedIn ads. So beginning of last year, it was just like, and my whole my whole playbook was, or my whole strategy was pretty much give the whole playbook away. So I'm literally going to make posts and my goal was like, if someone would read all the posts that I make from this year, they should be have a full education on like LinkedIn ads, be able to do exactly what clients pay us a lot of money to do. I'm just going to give it away, um, and that was a lot of my content—just actionable tips, uh, me actually showing how to optimize accounts, how to how the mechanics and how things actually work. Um, that content was gold for us because it, it only usually two things happen: people who have time but don't have budget. Sure, they will take that advice. They will try to, you know, uh, do their own marketing, um, and they'll they won't use us. But they were probably never our target market anyway because they have, you know, the time and they don't have the budget. Those with the budget and don't have the time, they see maybe they try to put some of it into into action, but they realize, hey, this is more complicated than I thought. And these guys know their stuff. That those kind of posts got get us the most actual revenue. Hey, this was an actual uh, client that this was their issue this is what we did for them this was the results or here's my actual strategy here's exactly how I set it up here's exactly how it works you can do it too um those that kind of stuff is gold so probably my following now is growing slower than it did like the first 30,000 but it is much more like targeted and when i see my incoming connection requests it's like it's like 80% on target it's like high level marketers startup founders co-founders managing partners like those are the kind of people, well, now with thought leader ads, I'm specifically putting my personal content in front of a very target audience. So it's really hard to tell which ones are coming in organically or which ones are coming in from the paid side. Um, that's a whole nother talk about attribution. But yeah, so that's the kind of content that uh, has been helping me grow very, very tactical and basically giving our playbook away. It's huge. It's huge.
0: The more I, the more I learn about this stuff, the more I'm like, that's, that's just what works. Anytime I yeah. get away from that, I get in trouble yeah right you have to have something worth sharing and once you have something that's successful and is working if you just open it up and be like oh this is how i'm doing it (laughs) people uh, i remember i ran into a situation where i was i tripled the the enrollment of a university on the back of like some cheap software and like they did this university had hardly any budget to grow i was probably spending 5k in ad spend which is nothing for a university yeah a month and uh I didn't have, I didn't even have budget for HubSpot or anything. I had to buy Infusionsoft. You know, hmm. cost five hundred bucks a month instead of two thousand, three thousand a month is what I would have yeah. paid for HubSpot. I rigged it to do all the stuff, the whole admission sequence, and had it like freaking humming. And people were walking up, and they heard, they heard, they're like, Dan, I heard you are doing something with Facebook. <laughs> I don't know why I gave it like more of a southern accent. But... <laughs> well, I'm, probably, I'm in Indiana, in now, so I hear it all the time. It's oh, like, okay. I heard you're doing the Facebooks because it'd be like boomers coming to me they'd add a nest to it and uh i'd be like oh well it's not i'm not posting to a page to do this like i'm running facebook ads sending them to a landing page and then i'm split testing it to the nth degree but then dude i would literally just try to get a meeting with them just like here this is what i'm doing go take it every time they'd be like how much how much for what how much for you to do this for us Mm. every time they're just like take my money i'm like dang just show them the goods yeah <laughs> that's that's the secret right like don't yeah. have any secrets just show <laughs> them how to do it and they will give you money because it's hard it's hard yeah. to do right it's there's a lot of steps and as simple as you make it the more they want to give you money because they d- figure out oh it takes a lot of time that uh, as simple as you is the more i understand it the more
1: i don't want to do it <laughs> yeah exactly the the ba- that's basic the secret. Secret. The best example I had of that is actually how I got into that original startup. Um, BAMF was a a pretty notable um, company in the LinkedIn influencing space. They've kind of come and gone. Um, They had some co-founders, but one of them wrote this, it's called the Bamp Bible. And it was basically A to Z, how to do LinkedIn automation. And to me, it was like the definitive guide on how to do automation step-by-step. And this was a... um, Uh, they had a LinkedIn automation kind of um, sequence built. And so I literally took that and that was the basis that I launched my first startup that turned into that, you know, being acquired. Like I was that one out of, you know, how many, probably tens of thousands or a hundred thousand people who saw that, who actually then like, you know, maybe took a little bit of business away from them, but that was their, their biggest revenue generation uh, element was this BAMF Bible. Cause yeah, anyone who read it, I mean, yeah, I I had to have been the only one who like actually became like a slight competitor. Uh, Everyone else was just like, either they'll do it themselves and they weren't a client or it was like, wow, this is like genius. You guys are amazing. I have no desire to do this myself. Like it was, it was like 50 pages of just like technical, like setup, And it was like, dear God, if you, if you are not like trying to create a startup to pay for like new baby clothes, <laughs> that have a baby on the way, this is not going to be for you. But yeah, that's what I stole. And I was like, that's beautiful because yeah, the chances of something like that happen are so minuscule. Like you shouldn't be worried about that. What are you doing to
0: grow now? You've been at it for a long time. LinkedIn changes. What are you doing to grow your audience and develop more depth or just grow, get more followers? What are you doing now?
1: One of the biggest things I'm doing right now is trying to stay consistent. And that is actually really hard. Um, And so one of the things that I've done to do that is we did actually have an internal hire early this year who is going to help with content for us, but also content as an offer for clients. Um, and consistency has been one of the, one of the things that uh, Jasmine has added. So every Monday we have a 30 minute session. Um, we have, you know, our pillar topics, I show up, she's kind of in charge of that. Um, we record that session and then it gets kind of chopped up into, um, social posts, clips, YouTube videos. So that system has been helpful. And our, our flow is. We're using uh, Riverside um, or Zoom uh, and then chopping it up into script. Uh, would you, yeah, it sounds like you have a, a little more compact flow than that. Um, but that's kind of like our, our flow. Uh, and then prioritizing it, uh, prioritizing consistency. Cause like I said, like I've had ter- times where I dropped, I got all the work, I dropped off the map and my consistency dropped and I didn't have that strong organic lever to pull what I needed. Um, so just making it a priority, so on days that I don't have scheduled content and I have to do something like my own, um, I'm either repurposing my greatest hits or I'm, um, you know, really thinking through the the next uh, content topic. And the other big thing I guess I'm doing uh, so consistency is a huge one. Like consistency on different platforms and I guess like different topic, but you know, choose one or a couple and go deep and be consistent versus trying to be everywhere and then burning yourself out and yep. being nowhere. Yep. Um, and then really focusing on, on the quality of the content and the distribution. So yes, you can consistently show up and make it. But if you also don't make the effort to make sure that gets consistently published in the right places, like if you are going to do a podcast, YouTube, LinkedIn, you know wherever it goes. Um, and then the quality really has to still be there. So we're always looking to, you know, I don't just want to be a broken record and, and say the same stuff. I'm really looking to stay on top of new trends. Like, is it demand gen? principles or HubSpot attribution, or is it the new thought leader ads? Like I don't, I want to be, I want to be mobile and agile as new topics come up to really dominate those. So when thought leaders came up, we dominated that for like a month and a half. Like we have a ton of thought leader ads content out there on YouTube, on my LinkedIn. Uh, We're already running thought leader ads on LinkedIn about thought leader ads. Um, And so, yeah, I guess that's a couple of things we're really doing to to grow consistently and keep it uh, a priority.
0: Yeah, man, newsjacking—that's like one of the biggest hacks of all time—is like taking whatever is trending right now and then just bam, like being all about that and getting it right. Yeah. Um, as long as it fits within your core message, like LinkedIn ads does for you, right, yeah. or uh, thought leadership ads. Yeah. Um, there's probably a bunch of things like that, and trying to remix it and figure it out. Um, yeah. let's see. I have one question for you. I've thought about as an ads guy, it's like this is this is getting beyond audience growth, but I had an idea on how to grow how to achieve a lot of essentially how to kill two birds with one stone with a link with a ad campaign. You could do this with LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, but I was thinking of a couple different things and I'm like, as a LinkedIn ads expert, I'm going to throw it your way and you can say like, huh, that might work or this wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I thought recently I was reading, you know, you know, Alex Hermose, right? Yeah. He's got the, He just launched his new book and I've been
1: like a hundred million leads or that's
0: right. Hundred million dollar leads. It's it's a yeah. thick book. One of the best sections in it, though, is a section he has on lead magnets, and he does lead magnets like way more intensely than I've ever seen anybody do. He'll come up with twelve lead magnets, split test them, kill the underperformers, keep the performers, and then like take you know the winners, probably the three winners out of the twelve, and then you know optimize their split test the the headlines for them. The images for them and then the sub headlines So that you walk away with a couple of lead magnets in rotation that are just like like awesome. the, best of right? the best.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and if you do it right, they're lead magnets that indicate pain on your on your buyer side. They're like they're only they're only getting this if they're in the market ish for what you do. Right. If you did this right. Um now I was thinking about that and how to actually use them to better, not only build an audience, but also get qualified leads. I'm like, if you just sent them like a typical, like lead magnet to landing page where they give up the email and then maybe you ask just one qualifying question, maybe like, what role are you at in your company? Like, and you give them like VP, like CMO, VP, director, manager, specialist. Some, something else like yeah. solo, solo printer, or maybe a few others, but you just take that one piece of data and depending, because you're targeting your ads towards your ICP already, you get that one piece of data. If they're not in your, quite in your ICP, you know, you send them to an audience activation, how to get the most out of that lead magnet. So you get a quick win with them and you push them to your podcast, your social, you know, yeah. you build an audience with it. But for everybody who's downloading this lead magnet that has that one, like qualifying factor, like, Oh, this is a VP or a director i send them to like a some kind of value added sales conversation like an audit or of some kind or something where it's like you're actually bringing them things that they can walk away with that are valuable but it's ultimately a pitch like yeah. a one or two call close pitch you ever done anything like that how how, how do you think that would work if you just like used it cuz then you could build an audience and and probably yeah. get some some mqls now most people just go straight for the the jugular though they're like sound sign up for a demo i'm like "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and it's
1: it's usually one way or the other it's it's ungate everything and give everything away and you're not like really capturing you know emails or whatever until they're like begging to talk to you or there's you know double gate everything and i've seen this where they fill out a lead gen form and get sent to a landing page where they literally have to leave their information again or more information to actually get the asset they were promised which yeah yeah, the double gate but i think what, what you're talking about that would actually be good um and then i i mean i guess i would i would almost think about it in different terms of just like they're that fit or not if there's like, say they're a fit, but there's different, like, you know, are they the founder, like the actual, are they approving the budget, the one actually using it, uh, like approving the tool or the people using the tool? Like, depending on who it was, maybe you have like three or you have not a fit or whatever, but you could also, there's three different people who might still be like in your target account who could be part of the equation who each would be interested in different parts of the solution. And so, depending on their position, you could, you know, yeah, send them to an activation that was more curated to them. Um I like the idea, but no, I have not done something like that. Probably the closest would be what I do in retargeting, where I send them to like from the traffic and website. And yes, I'm going to reference LinkedIn ads. We can qualify them and we can be like, okay, website visitors, regardless of where they came from, maybe it was Google Ads or Clutch or SEO or LinkedIn Organic, regardless of where they came from, website visitors who are um are founders of marketing agencies. So director level and above or, uh, ownership status in marketing industry, I want to send them these kind of videos, ads, or resources that are more curated to that specific, uh, specific group. Um, and I'm qualifying them with like LinkedIn ad filters and retargeting. Um, but it was, you know, whatever that sent them there. I like the idea of the, the lead magn- magnets though, actually showing intent or being valuable. Cause to me, that's the biggest thing with like these enterprise accounts who are doing lead magnets. It's like, oh, they're putting a the lead-, lead magnets they're terrible. Like no one would ever pay for them. And they're putting them in front of a no. cold audience. Who's never even seen their website before. So it's like, yeah, there's just no intent. There's no, yeah, I and think that's, that's the big that's problem. That's why you
0: got to do the Hermosi, Hermosi model of the hundred million dollar leads, create a bunch of them, split yeah. test them. Yeah. Honestly, I think this would be, this is in the kind of the gray area, but you could honestly just create the marketing for 12 of them. Yeah. Send them all to a landing page being like, Hey, we haven't done this yet. what, what were you hoping to get <laughs> and then just have them subscribe to the <laughs> newsletter? You know what I'm saying? Just to yeah. test it, see which ones are the winners and just build the three that are the freaking winners. Cause people clicked on them the most, you know what I'm saying? I, the losers a, aren't even, the, the, then you can yeah. send them the, the lead magnet after you make it. Right. <laughs> Cause you build the three and the ones that were losers. Well, not a lot of people clicked on them anyway. So, yeah. and then they'll forget about it. I don't know. That's kind of a, uh, in the shades of gray, but I'm like, uh, the amount of t- I, if you're putting in real time to make yeah. them good. They take some time. You know, yeah. 12 is a lot, but if you only had to made four and you knew they were solid, uh, they'd be pretty, they'd probably be pretty good.
1: <laughs> most, most people would not be confident enough to, to run that test where they're like, I don't even have the asset. I'm just like asking, but if you actually wanted it, I'll make the asset. Um, yeah. I actually like that though. Cause I've done that a couple of times where I, I'd make a LinkedIn post and I'd be like, I really need to build this asset. And I'm going to make a post and be like, comment below and I'll give you this. I was like, yeah. I mean, if it flops, like, I mean, no, not that many people are going to be disappointed, but then like a yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. people comment and I'm like, oh crap, I got to make oh, this crap. asset this weekend. <laughs> Dude,
0: that's <laughs> it's awesome. It's in demand. Man. I love that. You <laughs> save yourself time. That's, that's the yeah. one benefit of having an audience is like, you can actually split test things without paying for it because you can pull your audience. And that's like, like I just did it yesterday for my, I, again, I'm developing a lead magnet trying to follow Hermosa here. Hmm. Um, but I asked them like, Hey, which title works better? Hey, which image do you, would you be more likely to download it on? And then I, they give me feedback in the comments. I'm like, great, this works. Um, that way you can have a reasonable belief that the lead magnet you put time into is actually worth, worth making. I think Quick that's hack, the whole you have an audience, but otherwise you can pay to get that data.
1: Yeah, like Winter. I'm pretty sure that's like Winter's uh business model is that um it's the guy that founded uh CXL, I think, and then he went on to found yeah. Winter, but they give you like that feedback above the folder. They have other people who meet the criteria of your prospects giving real feedback about your actual landing page. I thought that was cool. Because yeah, yeah. you might not have that yourself. You might have to go pay for uh, that kind of feedback. But yeah, if you have it yourself and you have an audience of like short target demographic, like, yeah, it's pretty badass.
0: Cool. Well, let's move into rapid fire questions. Starting with, uh, how did you learn how to build an
1: audience? Like what sources did you get that from? Um, Early on, I I do think I was influenced by Gary v. Um, I feel like he's less people are probably referencing him now. It's maybe, uh, yeah, um, some other people, but Gary V was one of the big ones. Yeah. Um, I read his first couple of books. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't agree with all of his stuff, but the dude's a hustler and <laughs> he like, I mean, I, I respect that. Like, so he hustles oh, yeah. and he does amazing job with like, he understood the power of audience and content creation yeah. and like sheer volume. Like I, yeah. So I respected that. That was probably my first, um, audience building kind of whatever influence there, I guess probably the main nice. one. Where'd you consume his content the most? Ugh, back probably when I was like actually on Facebook, I feel like I haven't been on Facebook for like years. Um, but it was actually like Facebook stuff and then, uh, YouTube, I think. And then I, I kind yeah. of got into YouTube more for educational, less audience building. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I was consuming it on, uh, um, Facebook at the time and YouTube.
0: What's the largest obstacle you're running into with audience growth?
1: Uh, consistency and uh, community engagement. Uh, the other thing that's really hard to, I mean, you can't outsource it is I can post, I could have someone help, you know, assist me creating content and post daily. That would be one part of the equation, but that will not do anywhere near as much as you want. If you are not also manually engaging the community around you, building a relationship, supporting other creators, mixing up in the comments. Um, and I think that's the big thing that people don't realize is that it's like, this, the secret to growth isn't just like post really amazing content and the, the, the connections will follow. It's like post content and then like engage in the community around you, support other yep. people. It's a quid pro quo. It's a relationship game. And like that yep. is way more important than actually the quality of the content sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's the biggest obstacle yep. is that consistency and that time investment that I refute kind of, refu- I, I don't, I can't comprehend outsourcing that. So it's on my plate and I don't see that going away. That's the biggest, the, the biggest that's for hard me, part. I think. Yeah. There's
0: always a few exceptions to that, but I'd say they're their exceptions. Like I don't think Alex Hermosi engages with a lot of people in the way that Gary Vee did a lot in the beginning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you get to that level, I'm sure you could. But yeah, it's those people that they already have like millions of followers somewhere. So if they come onto LinkedIn, like they don't have to engage on LinkedIn. They are probably, engaged, they probably... Are mixed. Yeah. But Gary Vee's probably, I imagine he's probably, resp- there's some like platform that he's active on and mixing it up on. And the other ones like, yeah, probably just getting republished.
0: What single tactic has been the, the most reliable for you to acquire new audience?
1: Um, Google, uh, <laughs> as a LinkedIn ads agency, I'm the first word out of my mouth is <laughs> Google, uh, uh, Google for cold, like Google search combined with LinkedIn retargeting is a freaking killer combo. Google is picking up people with intent, but it's hard to qualify them before or after the click. LinkedIn is qualifying that traffic. So if I can afford to go after high intent clicks and pay probably higher than my competitors are willing to pay or higher than I would typically willing be willing to pay, knowing that I can qualify and convert that traffic on the back end with LinkedIn, I feel like gives me a competitive advantage and has been one of the most consistent uh, levers that we've pulled for the last, you know, three or so years, that combination.
0: Holy cow. You're using that
1: to grow an audience. Oh, to grow an audience. Are you Um, using that to generate leads? To to generate new clients, that combination. But I I mean, the other, everything else feeds into it. So I guess, you know, it was Google and then LinkedIn retargeting, but now I LinkedIn organic is a big source of that cold traffic. It's probably way less, uh, intent fold than the, the, the bottom of the funnel Google. Um, but to grow and was that the question is to grow a uh, biggest, uh, yeah, like an organic oh, I guess it
0: You can What's use pay to grow that? an organic audience. I'm wondering yeah. what single tactic you've used to grow.
1: A single audience. tactic to grow an organic audience, um, probably is giving the whole damn playbook away in my posts. Um, that has probably been the single biggest tactic, uh, because I do think Setting aside the engagement, uh, requirements, uh, aside for a second, like if I didn't have that part, uh, I, all my engagement would just be like fluffy, whatever, like what am I supporting if, if my main core content that I'm trying to be known for, isn't like exactly what I want to be known for. So probably consistent, uh, content that's, that's going deep on our niche, uh, consistently. That's probably the biggest lever on LinkedIn.
0: Yep. And in your opinion, what companies are doing audience growth, right?
1: Um, I do think cognizm. is that how you say it? I think they do pretty decent. Um, I do think refine Labs at, for a while was was probably at the top of the list. I feel like they've dropped off dramatically um, from, from I wouldn't say they're at the top of the mountain anymore um, for like company-led community growth. I think cognizism doing really well. I think HockeyStack guys are doing great. Um, and one of the things like HockeyStack came out with, yes, they have the flow which I think is great. Um, but they also have like one of their best series that I think uh, was really good for them was the, can you dashboard it? So the, the biggest obstacle with most attribution is like, it's really hard to like, to figure out, set up, adapt. So they came up with like, can you dashboard it? Uh, that was genius. So I think those two are doing really good. Um, there's some others, but those are the top ones that, that stick out, I think.
0: Cool. I need to reach out to Cognizant because I've already had Hockey Stack on the show. So I'm going to reach out to them next then. Yeah, uh, some good ones. Man, a lot of gold nuggets in today's interview. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Uh, Before we go, where can people connect with you online?
1: Uh, So if you go to LinkedIn, uh, you should be able to find me, Justin Rowe or Impactable. Usually we'll show up in the top of those searches. Uh, Our website is impactable.com. Uh, and also I do like to tell people about our YouTube channel. Uh, it's a LinkedIn ads, YouTube channel, the impactable YouTube channel. Uh, that's one of the, the places that we have the most information. There's an entire like LinkedIn 101 uh, playlist that would probably be like a $400 course somewhere else, but it's just a free playlist that walks you through the basics as if you're a newborn baby learning LinkedIn ads. Uh, so those are the main places you could find us.
0: Fantastic. Thanks for joining me again.
1: I appreciate it, sir.
0: Woo! What I loved about this episode was the fact that Justin is running a paid media agency, yet still finds massive value in growing an organic audience. Yes, he's running paid media for himself, but he's also spending an enormous amount of time as a CEO of a paid media agency in order to get more qualified leads for his agency. I find a lot of companies are stuck on the hamster wheel of only running paid media. And I love paid media. Paid media can go so far. Like we talked about in the interview, it has a growing, it has a plateau that you reach that you can't, it's hard to break past at a certain point. That's when you could start using paid media to grow your owned media. Just like Justin was talking about using retargeting ads in order to grow the owned media. You could do the same play. You could take 10% of your paid media in order to grow your owned media. It works. Because unlike paid media, organic media can keep going and going and going and can become a whole new channel for you to unlock uh, getting more marketing qualified leads. Some of my favorite things he talked about was what I've known long for a long time now is the art of engagement is something that you need to focus on. It's not enough just to hire a social media manager just to post, but you have to be actively engaging in the conversations, not just with your posts either, but with other people's posts. This is how social, like organic social media works. You have to be social. And the one thing that he knows he needs to do in order to unlock more growth, to be more consistent, man, That just hits home because it's like the hardest thing for me even to be consistent because, well, it's hard. Like you go through different ebbs and flows of life personally, professionally. Things are going on. You get a client. You have to work a lot of hours, and it's bam. It's hard to be consistent. It's the thing that I'm certainly learning how to do myself, and I'm slowly building more processes to make posting easier so that I can be more consistent. So it's interesting to learn from someone like Justin who's you know like twice as far ahead of me in the audience growth front. Say something like that, that you can grow a lot, but it's really in the consistency where you really start to multiply the growth. And I can see it with even, like, much larger creators. Like, they're just way more consistent and post more often. And, of course, their quality is usually better, too. So those are the things we have to work on as audience growth builders, right? We have to focus on getting a little better in our quality uh, over time, you know, so it's getting better and better and better, being a little bit more consistent, and then posting more frequently, Hard things to do, but as you get better at it, as you build better growth systems, those things start to take care of themselves. Because again, you need to be able to build the systems so you can make it predictable. So thanks for joining me on another episode of the Attention Podcast. Again, I love it when you connect with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time uh, engaging with my audience. So connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me at linkedin.com slash IN slash digital marketing Dan. tap that connect button tap the bell shoot me a dm tell me that you heard and that i sent you over from the podcast and i will give you you know an emoji high five and say well done is there and i'll i'll ask like is there anything i can do to help you grow your audience because i love helping people there so go connect with me there and thank you for joining me on this episode